Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 183. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Is everybody excited for some sweet Halloween parties this weekend? I think it's got to be the best party of the year. I mean, you can go out, wear whatever the heck you like, and it's completely judgment-free. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's having a good time. And of course, I don't have a costume yet. That's the one downside. I'm always super stressed out about finding a costume. I can never think of one and end up having to go out like Saturday morning to find one. And that's where I'm at again this year. So if you have any ideas, send them my way. But enjoy your Halloween parties. This year, I'm going to a Dwayne Gretzky party at the Danforth Music Hall. For those outside of Toronto, Dwayne Gretzky are the Toronto cover band. It's like a super group of local musicians, and they always put on the best parties. So I'm super stoked for that. I haven't been to a Dwayne Gretzky party in a few years, actually quite a few years. So it's going to be dope. And speaking of amazing bands, I am thrilled to bring you this week's episode because we have one of Canada's best rock and roll bands on the podcast today. I'm joined by the brothers Brett and Jay Emmons of the band The Glorious Sons. Like I said, one of the best Canadian rock bands. I was super excited to do this episode. They've just released their fourth studio album. It's called Glory. It's amazing. It took them a long time to make, which you'll hear about in the interview, and it was totally worth it. It is a great album, one of the best I've heard this year. They've just wrapped up the U.S. leg of their tour, and they're about to start a Canadian tour. And that was kicking off with an album release party here in Toronto at the El Macumbo, uh, which is where I met up with them. And I was not only super fortunate to to get some time uh, with Brett and Jay, but I also got to stay for the album release party, which was, uh, I can't even say how incredible it was. If you've seen The Glorious Sons before, you know what their shows are like. I got to see them once before at Massey Hall, but this was in a super intimate venue. Uh, the El Macumbo only fits a couple hundred people, and the band was was just alive and the crowd of course they have some of the best fans it was an amazing show they did an over a two-hour set to just like i said a couple hundred people and it was amazing and i always say to enjoy the glorious sun's music fully you need to experience them live because their music is at its best when it's performed live So if you haven't seen The Glorious Sons, check out their tour dates. They're playing a whole bunch of places across Canada. So check out and see if they're playing anywhere near you. You need to see them live. If you like rock and roll music, The Glorious Sons are one of Canada's best rock bands, and they are a live band through and through, so you need to see them live. If you are new to The Glorious Sons music, first of all, you're welcome for introducing you to one of your new favorite rock and roll bands. And secondly, we'll give you a bit of a head start with some song recommendations. We're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So that's where I pick five of my favorite songs to recommend, which was actually really hard this episode because I like their music so much. It was really hard to level it down just to five songs, but here we go anyways. And as you probably know, I always like to kick this off with something new. So from their new album, Glory, I'm going to recommend the song Dream. It's my favorite song off the new album. And then from their 2019 album, A War on Everything, I'm going to recommend the song Panic Attack. And then I'm actually going to pick three songs off their 2017 album, Young Beauties and Fools, which really you should just listen to that album entirely. But for now, I'm going to give you three songs. The first is called My Poor Heart. The second is called SOS, Sawed Off Shotgun. And then my personal favorite song by The Glorious Sons is a song called Everything Is Alright. 
And that's it. So that's a great place to start if you're new to the band. And then definitely check out Glory. You can find it wherever you find your music. And if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you can also check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist, which will have a couple of these recommendations along with a selection of recommendations from all the episodes in one playlist. So check that out on Apple Music. Now, if you're a Glorious Sons fan tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm sure you're excited to hear the interview. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do hit that subscribe button and check us out again sometime. We've got an amazing catalog of over 180 episodes with no plan of slowing down, so many great episodes to come as well. You can also find the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter or X at Adam R. Harrison. But you can also find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And that's all I've got for now. So let's not waste any more time and introduce you to Brett and Jay Emmons of The Glorious Sons right here on episode 183 of the Adamantium podcast. I can't thank you guys enough for being a fan of the podcast and listening to whether it's one episode or all the episodes. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I hope you have an incredible, fun, and safe Halloween weekend and Halloween day. You'll hear from us next just after that with our next episode. Enjoy, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Yo, so yeah, we're here with uh, Brett and Jay from Glorious Sun. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. To paint a quick picture, we're here in the, the El Macombo for very kind of exclusive album release party mm-hmm. it's a very intimate room there's a lineup of people outside already it's newly rent this is the first time i've been here since it's newly renovated tell me what you guys are feeling leading up to this tonight i'm excited to play this one um i'm just excited for to kind of bring get off the road and bring this kind of new energy and new show and and come come back to toronto and like Hopefully turn some heads and be like, yeah. hey, I thought these guys were good before, but, you know, these guys are dialed in right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, we, this is the fir- this would be the first Toronto show yeah. since those, the Massey Hall ones, I think. Yeah. Massey, yeah. 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 And those shows were, those were a lot of fun. And I was at shows. one of them. There was like four, four Which nights or something. Which one were you at? How many nights was it? It was three, three or four, right? Three. I think I was in the middle of the second Two? one. Two? That was okay. the yeah. last one. I think. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was And when it was my, my wife's a big fan. She's coming okay. down tonight too. Nice. And it was actually both our first time seeing you guys. And we had... A blast. We're big fans of JJ Wild as well. Oh too, yeah, and she was yeah. playing. Yeah. yeah, that was a stellar night. Um, what the only thing we were disappointed about was that, I guess that was the first time we've been in the renovated Massey Hall as well, and I didn't realize there was standing room in the front, and we had a seat, and uh, all we wanted to do was be in the, the standing yeah, yeah. room. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Brad, tell me how you're feeling about tonight. Uh, well, I just kind of get nervous to be honest. Okay, you still that, get nerves. Oh yeah, and then. Um, They'll kind of like dissipate probably 20 minutes before the show, just out of kind of, I guess, a survival mechanism. Necessity. Yeah. Necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just excited to be. Pl- yeah. I don't really feel much. I just want yeah. to play a rock and roll you show. Just, yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. want to get going. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, for you guys, what's amazing, we're going to actually, it's something I want to talk about later, but your fans are like give back so much to you guys yes. that it's probably a very comforting feeling before a show. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, 
I think that there's been plenty of nights where they've just pretty much uh, carried me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're yeah. great fans. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about the new album. So Glory uh, is your fourth album. It just came out a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I try not to hear too much from over in your previous yeah, yeah. interview, but the album, it didn't come together easy from what I was reading. No. Um, so taking it sounds like you had a, a few attempts before the actual final product came together. Yes. So take me, and one thing about you guys is kind of like you've said that on every album, it's kind of like the evolution of the band. So take me kind of on the journey that was Glory on, on how it started and how it got to where it is now. Well, I think that the main issue we had with it was trying to find an identity to say uh, my voice um, early on when there's nothing going on during COVID mm. was just really complicated. Um, and I think we just kept on trying and trying and trying. And it was just kind of like holding on too tightly and kind mm -hmm. of squeezing the oxygen out of something. Yeah. Um, and then we were also a little bit snake bitten. Uh, like when we went to Nashville, our producer ended up getting uh, shingles uh, like two days before we went. And then I got an infection in my head. And then everybody also ended up getting food poisoning when we were starting to get on a roll. And we missed two days right. smack dab in the middle of pre-pro. Um, so there's just little things like that that happened. Um, but Glory ended up coming together just I think through perseverance and uh, you know we got Fred back our mm. producer who came back from Copenhagen and there was just that fire in the room again yeah. and just positive energy yeah Fred Fred just brought like this this kind of like beam of hope and I think kind of re really started the fire back inside of Brett who at the time I think was really confused like I think we all knew that we had some great songs that we'd written in Nashville and worked on, but we were not on the, we're not able to get them over the line until Fred kind of helped us reimagine a couple things and you know really kind of like I said like relit that fire within Brett, inspired him and like made him realize, hey, we've got a lot of great shit here, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so it's it, kind of amazing how you know one missing element or in this case a person can change a whole thing around you know it's yeah it kind of gives you hope for any time like in the future yeah. like we might just be missing one thing here that's keeping this from being okay to being great yeah well and the funny thing about it was during COVID, i wanted us to really badly to to self-produce right just to, so that we could have that ownership yeah and because over the years, I got worried, I guess, that certain people might not be happy with their certain parts and certain things or whatnot. And then I just decided, we're going to self-produce. Everybody's going to be happy. Mm. And it was this kind of hill that I tried to die on. And I did die on it. And then Fred came and saved us. And I wondered why the hell I ever questioned question, the, the process. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I mean, it was it was a difficult exercise, but it was it was a good exercise, too. Like, I think we did a lot of good work uh, like I was saying over there it just wasn't it wasn't the record that it needed to be there was no identity to the mm -hmm. songs some of them were really great songs and you know you look back and listen to them I'm like oh it was, it was pretty cool but 
none of them felt like a complete package right that was a good enough package of songs to kind of take our next step in our career mm-hmm. with and it was weird too because you didn't want to it was during COVID, so you didn't want to um you know after releasing war and everything and that being kind of I don't want to say stifled, but just kind of stopped in its tracks because you cancel a tour and whatnot. Right. The next thing you release, you want it to be important. You don't want to just start throwing things at people willy-nilly off the wall, uh, even though I kind of did. But um, so that kind of added some pressure that didn't really need to be there either. There was also just the the pressure of the unknown, the financial pressure that, you know, a lot of bands probably were under and we certainly were um and and also like nobody knew what the fuck to do like even if we had recorded a great record i'm so glad that we didn't record a great record the first time because it would have no one knew how to properly release a record during Mm -hmm. covid you know some people did it successfully but i don't know that we would have been able to we me and me and my wife i remember we found like you know, a bunch of our, our favorite artists, you know, they released albums in 2021 and it was like this slew of underwhelming albums we found. And we wonder like, is this cause it was uninspired, you know, a fi- uninspired or a finance, like, like you said, a financial risk, they just got to put something out and like, it doesn't feel like it's done or it doesn't feel or, yeah. like, yeah, it feels empty. Yeah. People yeah. were recording. Like, I, I think a big part of it too is energy. Like if you're doing rem- remote recording <laughs> sessions yeah, like, or whatever, yeah. Anytime, you know, someone wants to do that i'm like no i'll just wait yeah until yeah. I, I was talking to people who are you. like you know they had five members across three continents yeah. it's like, well, like you're not even on the same time zone yeah. like, you know, like yeah. i'll send this to you now you'll hear it eight hours from now when you wake up and then yeah pretty hard way to be... achieve synergy yeah. yeah yeah exactly you know like i mean that's incredible if you can make it work it's like then you've got some kind of you know recipe for success yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But, um, so for you guys, um, tell me a little, like during the pandemic, like you guys can't, I mean, it must've been an absolute shock to the system being a band that was always on the road to now you're stuck at home. It was really sweet at first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really nice break. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Like we were joking about it. We were like, at least I was, I was like, I get two or three weeks. We don't have to do shit. And yeah. Get back on the bus. I, a lot of us, <laughs> I, I felt that too. I was like, I can do nothing for like a couple of weeks. It's like, yeah. all right, I'll take it. And, and then once this couple of weeks came, like, oh wait, this is not, this yeah. is not going anywhere. I was good for like seven months. I was yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. I gained like twenty five pounds. Just, I was the COVID. I was just, yeah. I heard it was the COVID fifteen. Yeah, COVID twenty five. <laughs> it might have been fifteen. <laughs> But I told everybody I was going to get fat, and I did. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I drank some whiskey and played NHL a lot. And Yeah, but then after, when you started wondering, like, oof, you know, are we going to get back? Like, who's going to be, yeah. who's going to even listen to us when we come back? Yeah. You know, that was a worry. It's interesting. Though. Some people I find, they, they either hated it. They're like, I need to be back out on the road. I don't know how to be at home all this time. And then there's other people who are like, I've never had this much amount of time to focus and write. And now I do. Yeah. So it's interesting to see both perspectives. Yeah. I think I kind of had both experiences. Yeah. Both experiences. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. there was certain, certain experiences and it allowed me certain amounts of time to, to do things that I never would have been able mm-hmm. to do, like help other artists with, with producing records. And mm-hmm. you know, if Glory Sons is in full bore mode, you know, that's like, how the hell are we going to have time? Right. Yeah. 
so now that the now that the album's been out for a month, you've had a little bit of time to reflect on now that it's out rather than let's get it out there. How 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 do you guys reflect on it? I don't do much reflection on it. Um, I still like it, so mm. that's a really big kind of in- just, indicator great. for me. <laughs> yeah, that's- like um, when we released War and everything. Um, probably about even a month before I was getting sick of some songs. Really? And and that kind of scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like that feeling. So I th- think for this album, it was really important that there was none like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably a testament to how long it took. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think not... Like, not just making rock songs for the sake of making rock songs. Right. Like, I think every song on this album has a really strong purpose and a strong sense mm-hmm. of identity. And there's not, there wasn't any times where it's like, oh, this is a cool riff. Let's see if we can make right. it. No, it's like, everything on this feels like it has a deeper meaning than some okay. of our other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, to me anyways. It's just more, it's more songwritery. Yeah. Just, right. It's And that's just also because of the environment that it was made in right you know it we had more time i played the guitar more i sang a lot more of myself and i picked away at these songs for a very long time mm-hmm. yeah to me it it feels like like a rock and roll album of the glory days no pun kind of yeah, intended yeah. i guess but <laughs> but like in that um I heard that you stated that you weren't trying to just reach for hits or make hits. Yeah, you wanted yeah. this to be in uh, a piece of work, a piece yeah. of art that flowed from beginning to end, from start to finish. Start to finish, yeah. an album which is like, um, in this breath of breath of fresh air in 2023 when we live in a world of singles. Well, and you want to prove it to yourself too, yeah. right? Because unless you take that stand for yourself yeah then it's very easy just to get swallowed up in numbers and what people want mm-hmm. and i mean it's proven that our fans like this album the most out of any of our right. albums and yeah I, it's not like in the past we've been like dogs being like you know we just need hits or whatever yeah, yeah. but it's just that in the certain moments you make decisions that might not be beneficiary to the song and it's more just beneficiary to the song becoming um commercialized commercialized where and you make those snap decisions and they don't really mean much in the broader scale of things like i can Mm -hmm. still go back and listen to some of our hits like most of our hits and i'm fucking love them Mm -hmm. but um when we're in the studio just very mindful like take your time Mm -hmm. just take your time let's see what comes of this yeah that was a very kind of freeing experience I think yeah. for us. I had this band once break it down for me. I was like the cost of what it cost them to make per song and then to make an album, why it made more sense for them just to keep releasing singles. I was like, this is a very demoralizing way of <laughs> yeah. thinking about making music. Like yeah. I mean, I guess it's nicer to be in a position where you can afford, I guess, to make but yeah. and I mean that's maybe the position they're in, but um it's like to me it's like, oh like you know, it feels like you're not thinking about the art you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't be going there. You obviously have to be budget conscious. Of course. And yeah, be yeah. smart. But 
that should not be on your mind while you're tracking a vocal or tracking guitar. <laughs> no. It's like, yeah, get it's this bad. take. It's yeah. going to be 50 bucks more if I don't get this take. <laughs> I, do, I do love the idea of just releasing songs, though. Like, mm -hmm. I do think that that's kind of cool. I think that that's proven that... I like it in the sense of, like, if you've just written a song that you're super stoked about and it's like... You can share it now with your crowd, your audience, right now. Yeah. Or you can wait a year and a half that it's going to take you to make exactly. 10 other songs, yeah. and then I'm probably not going to be and as excited about it. there's two songs about that song. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not going to be as excited about yeah. the song as I was a year and a half yeah. ago. Now you have at least have the option to get yeah. it to your fans and have them be excited, and then you can still put it on the album. Like, yeah. That's, but, but the album, it, it was an important thing for us, mm -hmm. to say the least. Yeah. Um, my favorite song on this album is actually the latest single, Dreams. Yeah. Um, and so I want, I, I'm curious one about the, the internal thought you had about balancing nostalgia with, you know, trying to stay present. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that song and, and where it sparked. Well, like, it's kind of me telepathically talking to somebody who's heartbroken that I love. Um, you know, it's so much easier to just go back and it might be comfortable there for a second, mm -hmm. but in the end, it's gonna cause a lot more pain. So just try, you know, touch and feel and understand what's going on around you. And that's probably the first step. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I really didn't want it to be a nostalgic love song in the way that, you know, you remember when, babe, you know? Yeah. I, kind of would make me puke if it was like that i've written many of those but at that point in my life i wanted it to be a positive experience to the person i was talking to mm. like i wanted to feel like you know more than just um you know the candy of we used to be this mm -hmm. you know and that was where that song came from which is really beautiful thank um, you and like to me it it takes me on a little bit of a journey and like the musically too it makes me i get i feel like i like it's a bit of a journey song the way like a tom petty song like yeah. into the great wide open something yeah. like that would take me cool. on this kind of story i love that and um that i really got that that vibe from from I, dreams i'm, I'm glad yeah I'm glad. um so going back to one, one thing i had said earlier so two things that i've always found about the glorious signs um, is one to a hundred, hundred percent appreciate the music. You got to experience it live. Um, yeah, you guys um, are a live yeah. band through and through, yeah. you know, that the music is elevated when it's mm -hmm. live. And two is that you have some of the most incredibly dedicated fans that almost enhance the live experience. They do. Yeah, yeah they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. And, um, it's something that it, I find rare at a rock and roll show now. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily about the phones and stuff. It's like they're really dialed in yeah. to you guys. And in, there's like a give and receive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's really too much question here, but the question <laughs> is, what, what, about, what about the band do you think earned you guys like a fan base like you have? I think that when you're talking about like the give and the receive thing, it's about being present. Mm -hmm. And in order to be present, you can't, uh, you know, manufacture your show too much. Mm -hmm. um, it's not about, you know, time code and lighting, and it's not about um, it's the like, same set list every night or saying the same things or giving a speech that, you know, it's just we try to be present and 
I really, when I'm doing my best, I'm looking at somebody in the audience mm. and I'm not thinking about singing. I'm reacting to the look on their face mm -hmm. and we're smiling at each other and then I'm moving on to somebody else. Yeah. It's always the way that I do best. Um, and I think that people, uh, yeah, I tend mean, to see that. It's, n it's nice to be able to like be in the front row and smile up and they, you know, give, give, you know, whoever's in the front row, smile and have yeah. that connection. And, you know, like with Brett, it's even, even more, you know, cause he's like getting right down there in their faces. Yeah. Um, and do you think a lot of it came like word of mouth? Like yes. a bunch of people saw Gloria Sons and were like, well, when you see these yeah. guys, like you feel like you're part well, of the show and then it just, you were like, you're gotta... playing to like 12 people yeah. in Oshawa, yeah. you know, some of those people are like all those people are probably still trying to get into this show you yeah know? and now we'll do the arena there you know so, so it's tell like, me it was a question i had for later but tell me then how for you guys how do you how do you keep the experience the glorious sons experience the same whether you're in a room this big that fits i don't know a few hundred people to i think you guys just played hyde park with pearl jam you know like, yeah how do you give the the Hyde Park crowd the same I mean it's never just, gonna be exactly the same but you know what I mean it's just this isn't maybe the right word but it's just effort right <laughs> like like you just try yeah and I mean you we're not trying to look cool <laughs> yeah we, we're trying to go up and I'm trying to turn heads and I'm trying to jive with people and make people feel yeah. like they belong here and that I belong with them and it's you know, poor heart, whether it's in Hyde Park or here or in a stadium, it always feels the same. It's, you know, it feels electric and I can mm -hmm. see people's eyes go like this. Yeah. When, when they don't know it and then fans, I can see them smile as soon as the drop hits. Yeah. Um, but I just really think that it's effort. You take the hour to build the set differently. Um, and you take the time to make people, uh, feel like they belong, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know our fans don't shut up about us, and that's pretty much what's what's <laughs> driven the amazing. whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's funny how you mentioned like you know a not a dialed in show, and and that's to me like what really like what rock and roll really is. You know, it's yeah. it's improvisation it's, it's, and agreed, stuff like yeah. that. So um, anything I, can happen. At any anything time. can happen, yeah. and I, it's funny. Like I, I play the drums, but there was a period I, I didn't play for a long time, and then in the pandemic, I bought a like a, a V kit so I could play in my condo. Yeah. And so I started posting some videos and stuff and this pop singer asked if I would play drums for her. So yeah. I played and when I got there, she asked me to play on a, on a click track. Yeah. And I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't even know that I was like, I've never played with an earpiece before other than my headphones playing yeah. to a song. And I was like, the last time I played with anybody played in their garage, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. I was like, it was, I found it the hardest thing to concentrate <laughs> yeah. to because I was yeah. like, I was yeah. like, I want to hear the music, yeah. not this ringing in yeah. my ear, you know? And then that I couldn't just... hear it over the drums either. So yeah. then I was, like, I was like, this is stressful. Like That just <laughs> takes reps, like so yeah. many reps. Oh my yeah. gosh. Our was... drummer plays to a visual. He just okay. looks at his phone so... sometimes. Really? He never puts it but in his ears. It, so our set will, it'll flow. Like yeah. as far as like, it, it'll breathe a little bit as far yeah. as the tempos go. We're pretty, we're a lot better than we used to be. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. it used to be like, you know. The chorus and white noise jumps up 15 BPM. All I can think is like, am I actually a shitty drummer? Like, no, but then I, I actually I read Dave Grohl's book. Yeah. And he in his book he said the first time he ever played to a click track was when he got asked to play at the Grammys. Yeah. And I was like, okay, at least yeah. Dave Grohl. If Dave Grohl doesn't know how to play to a click track, then I'm okay. Yeah, the Black Crows they didn't they didn't no. do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, oh, that 
That's that's you, not for us. What, yeah. what did they actually say? Like, yeah, that's gonna that, be a that's thing. That's gonna be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, um, I became a Glorious Sons fan pro- probably a little later than a majority of your fan base, but but like many, um, it was I got exposed to you guys when I heard everything's all right. Yeah. And to me, I, I think that is one of the best Canadian rock anthems of this generation. Thank you. And so I just wanted, I, I, my question is just, you know, in your opinion, what do you think is it about that song that, that maybe got you a, a, a new attraction from a new group of people? I think that it was probably the very first time that uh, I was willing to be vulnerable uh, in that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the first single released off of Young, Beauty. Young Beauties. And then if you listen to Union before, um, there's vulnerability in it, but it's a lot more kind of, uh, coded mm. in a way. Yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't get as deep. Didn't get as deep. Doesn't as get song. as simple either. Yeah. Like right to the heart. Like yeah. when I was writing that song, I was going to the bar and just coming home in the morning and writing about my hangover. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. that whole, I mean, number one, I feel like that's pretty universal. Yeah. <laughs> for kids. <laughs> You know, yeah. they're 25 and make, listen, looking to listen to music, they can understand that. Yeah. Um, and then number two, I just think that just that kind of, you know, message of everything is all right, if only for the night, it kind of, it gets at the fact that everything's not okay, which everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is, is that, you know, it is in moments. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the way that we kind of survive. I think. Yeah. I just, I remember feeling like, I mean, I haven't heard, especially a radio single. I haven't heard a radio single like this. Like you said, the honesty, like the, and it's just, it's real music, you know, it's not overproduced, Yeah. you know, and it's, uh, it's just a beautiful song. And I think it was that moment for me anyways, that I became a fan. That's awesome. I I do. It's funny you say it's not overproduced because it is like quite produced, but just the taste of it. Yeah, you know, I think maybe the roots Frederick, stayed still the same. Yeah, yeah. what Frederick was able to bring out. kind of grounds yeah. the mm-hmm. whole thing, you know. It's not, it's an acoustic guitar, folk melody, on yeah. guitar, and then all of a sudden it's massive, like almost orchestral chorus mm-hmm. and Viking bridge. Viking bridge. Old yeah. Frederick yeah. from Denmark, so you can actually hear him. Oh! Oh, <laughs> this accent and the yeah, I have to put on the accent when I sing. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be one of those things that now that you mentioned it, it's all I'm gonna yeah, hear. I know. I'm, I play. Yeah. There's there's songs. It's, it's so funny. I sometimes I am able to pick things like that out of songs, and my my wife hates it because she's like, "You ruined you ruined songs it for me." For me. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, a couple more questions. One, um, a moment of like rock royalty for you guys. Um, is on more than one occasion now you've gotten to open for the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that experience is like. Uh, the first two experience—it's uh, probably different for both of us. Jay is like their biggest fan. Yeah, for me it was surreal. Um, and then the first time we opened for them was in Marseille, France. That was our first mm-hmm. time ever in the South of France. So it's just like this magical week where I think you know the show wasn't our show wasn't that good. Mm. We. We were kind of... I think we were okay in Marseille. Yeah, we were all right. Um, nerves. Nerves. Yeah. And then we we just trans, like, transferred to in-ears. Right. Um, which was a massive, you know, massive uh, 
kind of shock. Yeah. When you're used to just the sound coming up from right. it and and you know being able to hear and play off everybody. So we we really weren't ready to do that mm -hmm. for the biggest show of our career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we made it work. Yeah. And uh but we got asked back, so obviously yeah. someone didn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> the next one was like Brett was pretty stressed about that one too. That was fun. I, I really enjoyed that one because I got to like literally watch from like here to the stage, you know. Like, oh, after had, yeah, they actually had like palm trees and shit yeah. on stage. And I was gonna say, is it what's it like opening for? Because I had a I had a um, I interviewed a band that like opened for Iron Maiden, and mm -hmm. they said opening for Iron Maiden is one of the hardest spots because the fans there are just waiting for Iron Maiden. They like pelt the, the band with stuff, you know. They like, never pelted us, and that, stuff, but it was kind of the same thing. I think is we, it the same? Yeah, I think we turned some heads, but I don't think that like a lot of people care about yeah. the old times. It's hard to like go in and with some of that big, yeah. People yeah. are just. Yeah. Make, but it's like a rite of passage just, for yeah. any kind of yeah. it's, like, it's like it's pretty do you get cool to interact stuff. with mick or just for keith like or anything? Yeah. yeah yeah what was that like for you guys it's, it's surreal yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like, you're in a, they they literally do it like meet and greet style but one of someone from their team came and grabbed us from our room and they're like okay you want to meet the stones <laughs> and then they take us through like the belly of this um stadium this huge stadium and we're just waiting in a room for like 10 15 minutes and then all of a sudden a stone star oh, kind of yeah like yeah. kind of like walking around and you're like oh shit yeah <laughs> like, that's fucking johnny wood <laughs> you know that's pretty wild not you, you just kind of thank them for having yeah and you out and they're just like how are you guys doing yeah. it's pretty cool for you guys you get to be like on the fan side of yeah. things too yeah. you know like that's pretty cool what would be uh you know, you said Jay's the big Rolling Stone fans, but what would, for you would be the to play with any band? Who would it? Who would it be? Well, I'm still a big Stones fan. Just Jay is an ultra fan, so yeah. it's pretty wild when he got when we got the call. But uh, Springsteen. Mm. Um, Springsteen's tour in Canada next year. Mm. So. It doesn't take openers. Yeah, I know. Does he not? Yeah. No. Uh, um, he just canceled like the rest of his. I know. Tour, so, yeah. yeah. Springsteen, I guess. Black Crows would be a good Black Crows mm. would be, be a great fit, actually, yeah. too. They're, same, they're supposed to be here with Aerosmith, I think. Yeah. yeah. Same thing, got canceled yeah. till yeah. February or something, yeah. Yeah. But I don't really think much about that either. Yeah. Like, you don't really think much about it. I don't think bands just, like, no. even when we were younger, but when you're touring constantly. Yeah. Just, yeah. just yeah. get I mean, in front of people. Get your own play. shows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen... Who's gonna out the room. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's more the most important thing. Fill your own fans. Yeah, you know? with Kenny Chesney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, have you guys seen the just in the 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 sphere in in Vegas? The U two shows. Someone was just uh, showing me that. Yeah, I would actually love to go see that. Yeah, so I actually am going. Oh that's U two is my number one oh, yeah. favorite band of all time. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it just worked out. My mom really wanted. My mom just turned. She had a milestone birthday this year. She won't. She would freak if I said her age. Over. <laughs> she had a milestone birthday, so she was like, "I always wanted to go to Vegas. Can we go to Vegas?" And we're both. She loves you too as well. And so then they announced that, and we're like, "Let's go then." That's amazing. So and then you know now it's popping off everywhere. But yeah, yeah. arenas. So. Is it? Uh, is it unbelievably expensive? Sort of. Uh. Yeah, like we got seats way up, like, yeah, yeah. and even they were like maybe like two hundred bucks or That's something. Not but terrible. Yeah, 
And to be honest, I've heard like from feedback from the show is actually, you know, the visual element, it's better, almost better because like if you're down below, you're almost like looking straight up to try and get everything. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. I almost thought I would never see you two again because the last time I went was on the Joshua Tree reunion tour. And I was like, maybe I should leave it. Leave it like, that's one of the greatest albums. Maybe yeah. I should leave it there. Yeah. And now I'm kind of getting older. And anyways, I've heard that. You'll probably be back like five That's true. Times. It's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys so, Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for tonight. So awesome. have great. a great show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.